Thank you so much, Sarah, and uh, lovely to be here again. I'm delighted to be able to present part two. Um, uh, for those who don't know me, I thought I'd begin with sharing uh, what who I am, just so you have a sense of that before we begin. Um, as Sarah said, um, I've uh, had 7,000, it's up to 7,600 leaders now that I've trained to be coach-like in how they have conversations. And I've also uh, done one-to-one -one coaching, executive coaching with around uh, 1,600 hours of that. Um, I'm passionate about solution focus and I only came across it since 2011. And it actually changed not only the way I coach, but the way I view the world. And I want to share some of that with you today of how we can shift our lens from being solution focused to from being problem focused to solution focused. Something I love to do is I love ocean swimming and I love uh, mentoring others in ocean swimming as well. That is my favorite thing to do, which is very hard at the moment because I'm in lockdown and I'm in lockdown in Sydney. So I can't, it's too far for me to get to the water at the moment. Um, I have two daughters and a husband and, um, as I said, live in Sydney. And I also work closely with, I'm not sure if many of you have done the Health and Safety Index. It's a tool to measure how health and safety is um, currently happening in your organisation. I work closely with Mark Wright from Health and Safety Index, where I work with organisations to implement the results of their Health and Safety Index. And I want to um, use that as our tool today for how we have um, our coaching conversation later on. So first thing I want to do is I want to do a poll first before I talk about this lovely slide. So Sarah, if you could put the poll up, which is, are you currently in lockdown? If you could answer yes or no for this. I'm nearly there. I'll just wait a couple more seconds. Sure. Thank you, Sarah. Okay. So how many we got in lockdown? 59%. Okay. So that meaning there must be quite 41% are either in WA or in Queensland at the moment. Thank you, Sarah. Could you just do poll two for me? I want to get a sense of who attended part one. Who's here that attended part one and they're back for a more dose of solution focus? Remind me to share that other um, part one here in the chat just now. Okay, I shall share the results in just a moment. There you go. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you for the 30% coming back for the second time. And for the 70% who didn't attend, that's fine, because I'm going to give you a refresher of what this concept solution focus is about. So thank you for that. It's good to know who's who's has been here before. Let me just write that down. Okay. So are you a person in your interactions? help to fill up the balloon 
of the person you're interacting with or are you a person that actually deflates the balloon in your interaction? So whether your interactions are as a leader or as a safety professional uh, or a HR professional, what do your interactions actually look like? And I often say, are you a person who lights up the room when you walk in or do you light up the room when you walk out and people go, oh, thank goodness they're gone. Goodness they're gone. That's really hard. Um, so, yeah, this is about how do you fill the balloon up in your interactions, you being the, the balloon down the bottom, the other person being the balloon up the top. This works also with family members, with any anyone, friends, anyone you interact with. How do you help fill people's balloon up? So another way of looking at it is conversation is the fundamental unit of change. And if we can change the conversation, there's every chance that will change everything that surrounds us. So this way of having conversations is very helpful for helping change happen fast. So whatever the change you're after, whether it's a micro change or an organizational change, the way conversations are, ha ha are had will influence whether things actually move quickly or not. So I'm going to be sharing with you a way to steer the conversation. Um, so what we're going to be covering today is what is the difference between problem talk and solution talk? And if you look at our media at the moment, and yes, I'm in Sydney lockdown, all we hear is the doom and gloom around COVID. We don't hear the good stuff that's going on. Yeah. So then I'm going to define what this thing solution focus is and how do you orientate your, your conversations to what is wanted rather than getting stuck in the quagmire of the problem. Yeah. I'm going to add something different here for the 30% uh, people who came to part one. I'm going to be talking about the power of description and how the power of description of focusing on what's wanted in concrete detail can help people move towards that. And in organisations, we talk a lot in big, what we, I call $5,000 words. We talk about transformation. We talk about engagement. They're like $5,000 words. The power of description is how do you actually make it really concrete into $5 language so it's really crystal clear where we're moving towards. And then, as I said earlier, we're going to use the lens of the health and safety index for me to demonstrate how you get a real rich description of what's wanted and where you want to go in terms of health and safety in your context. And then we'll do a bit of reflecting at the end. So how will you know that today's session has been useful? And if you were in part one, what are you curious about now, given you had a taster the first time round? Uh, could you please put it in the chat? What made you sign up today? What made you come today? How will you know that it's been useful? Please just put a chat in the chat box there, your comment in how will you know today has been useful for you? And those that 30% are coming back, 
What are you curious about now? Please put it in the chat. Here they come. Uh, is it Christian or Christian? Uh, either way, how will you know you have a clear takeaway? Ah, thank you, James. One takeaway lesson. Thank you. Oh, they're coming in thick and fast. Takeaway new tools. Yes, thank you, Amanda. You will be having some new tools. I will be sharing with you the solution-focused tools that I didn't share last time. Learn something, Lisa, that you can apply straight away. Yes, that will be definitely happening. So thank you for those people that res responded. There's more coming in. Chris said, I will be able to reflect honestly on how I interact and learn more. I will see and hear the benefits in those I interact with. Awesome. That's what being solution focused is. We actually get really good at noticing the impact we're having in the moment as it's happening. Challenging some of your current thinking. Great, uh, great, Ian. I hope I can do that. Okay, let's keep going. So I want to delve right in and show it to you in action. So those people that are in lockdown, I want you to do what I call the warm-up scale. And the warm-up scale is how warmed up are you for me to ask you questions of how you're coping with lockdown. And if you're very warmed up for me to coach you on this, I would like you to put it on uh, at a 10. And um, for those others who are lukewarm, put it at about a five. And if you don't want me to select you at all, put it at a one. Could you put your number in the chat? So up here is a 10, pick me, pick me. Here is lukewarm, which is a five, and here is a one, which is don't even look at my name. Oh, Robert, thank you. You're a nine. Chris is a 10. Awesome. So, Robert and Chris, could you just put in the chat where are you located? What city are you located in, Robert and Chris? Robert's Auckland. Great. Thank you. So you've been, is it four weeks of lockdown now? And Chris, if you could, uh, oh, you're in New Zealand as well. Okay. I will go with who had the 10. Let me just go back up. Chris had the 10. So you are very warmed up. So Chris, I'm going to get um, Sarah to put your um, image up, your, if your camera on. So if you can make sure your camera on so I can actually see you, that would be great. Hello, Chris, if you could just put your camera on. Yeah, I just don't seem to have that option for a camera sitting here. Um, I might have to, I can maybe promote the panellist and that might make a difference. Great, thanks, Sarah. But anyway, we can hear him. <laughs> All right, so everyone else, I want you to write these questions down if you're in lockdown. Ah, we got you, Chris. There we go. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's a bit disconcerting, isn't it, when you can't see everyone? So you're, we're just going to have a conversation, Chris. And everyone else, um, you can answer this question too if it's relevant to you, or you could 
answer it in based on since COVID's been about over the last 18 months since it's been around rather than saying lockdown. But for you, Chris, this is about lockdown, okay? Um, everyone else, also when you're answering from your own perspective, I want you to watch what happens for Chris in this interaction. Yeah, See if you notice any changes to his body language, to his facial expressions, anything like that when I ask him questions. And Chris, please don't pretend you're playing poker and having a poker face. I want you to just do what happens when I ask you these questions. Is that okay? Sounds good. Okay. So, Chris, can you tell me what the top three things um, that are most challenging for you in lockdown so far? Uh, keeping connections alive would be probably one of the most challenging. Um, I'm naturally really, really positive about life, so it's also being receptive to how other people are feeling and you know, embracing them if they're vulnerable or they're feeling, you know, making sure I actively listen, I guess, is what, I'm, what I'd say there. That's number two. Mm -hmm. And what would be the third most challenging thing about lockdown? It's probably a personal one, and that's making sure I hold on to some wider empathy, for the, even for the people that I can't see and aren't in my situation or in a worse situation. Just gives yeah. me perspective. So what makes these things such a problem for you? Uh, I guess problem might be the wrong word. It's more a focus. Okay. To keep, to keep me positive, I guess, and to, you know, to uh, think outside of my own little world. So that that's really what the, I'm more thinking of what's a problem for others and how I, uh, you know, keep focused on others without forgetting myself. Right. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some different questions now. What are the top three things you are most pleased about in how you're managing lockdown? Um, I've remained positive and uh, found some new ways. So remaining positive is one, really pleased about that. Two, um, I've been able to convey some of that positivity to others and help them embrace the good stuff that's happening. Um, and three, maintaining connectivity. I think uh, we've embraced new ways of doing it. And although it's, some things aren't as good, we don't focus on what's not as good. We've been focusing on what is good about what we can do. Right. So you're, you're sounding very solution-focused, Chris. I'm loving this. Um, so <laughs> how have you been able to do this staying positive and um, this connectivity in this new world? How have you done that? Uh, I'm wired positively. I'm told I'm too positive. That's one of my uh, one of my flaws, apparently. Um, <laughs> but but I, I kind of feed off positivity as well. So that's that's been one of the ways you do it. Is you know if you're positive and you see just a slight difference in someone else, then it's like an, an a reward. And there's you know good breeds good, so you can continue being positive. Um, I've been pleased that I've been able to connect with some people and have some real open and honest conversations about how they're really feeling. You know, we've got some people on site whose families are in other parts of the world oh. and um, be able to have those conversations and listen and just see even that bit of relief from them that someone's willing to listen. I think that's been really, really, really cool. That's one of the things I love more, most about my job. Wow. Um, okay. So you've really been tuned in 
in terms of how people have uh, uh, feeling, how people are going, how they're coping. There's a real sense of empathy you've had to others in, in staying connected. What's hard about that is at times, whilst you, you, you genuinely feel for people, you can't always help them. You know, they're in, a, you're in that situation. That's hard. That's the, I guess, the, you've got to have your own uh, barriers or walls or, or ways to make you deal with it, with the negativity and, and not make it bring you down as well. You know, that's, that's, that's probably one of the challenges. Right. And, and how have you done that? How have you been able to have that barrier around that negativity? Taking some time out for myself, doing the little things that, that make me happy and, um, you know, whether it's going for a bike ride or, you know, punching a punch bag, whatever it could be, you know, just doing, taking some time out for myself. Yeah, yeah. And reflecting on all the great things we've got, you know, is pretty lucky in this part of the world. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being the volunteer for this little exercise. What impact did the first set of questions have on you compared to the second set? Um, I guess if I, I think critically about it, one was asking me what's wrong, whilst the other one was almost asking me what's right. So yeah. I certainly felt better about what's right than what's wrong. Yes, yeah. Thank you very much. I'm going to get the audience to participate now. Um, so you've done the hard work now. So um, I'll um, provide you with a free coaching session after this uh, for volunteering and thanking you for volunteering. Nice. So we'll, Cheers. we'll get in contact um, via LinkedIn to do that. Sounds so awesome. Sarah, you could uh, switch Chris off now and everyone else, just what did you notice? happen just from that really brief asking one question around what was challenging to what was uh, he managing to be able to do you know what he's most pleased about because uh, both were questions about the same topic but took him to a different place what stood out to you that you noticed from the first set to the second set of questions if you could put it in the chat Ah, yeah, Robert, he did start smiling, yeah. And I don't know if anyone noticed, his head went back a bit and he looked up in the second set. What else did you notice? Others notice the difference between the first and the second set. One thing I noticed is he didn't like being asked what was challenging and he actually veered toward the positive in the first set anyway. Lisa, thank you. More positive uh, responses in second. Yep. Confirming a caring people person. Yes, Ian. And by pulling that out and actually reflecting that back, it's so powerful for people to hear their strengths back at them. Yeah, it's a really, really powerful thing that you inflate the balloon. This is how you're inflating the balloon. Um, okay. So that. What we just did is a way of being solution focused because people live in the worlds our questions create. So if we ask problem focused questions, we're going to make the problem bigger. If we ask solution focused questions, we're going to steer them to what is working already. And that has a, that has a different impact than asking the problem. 
One thing about asking problem-focused question is you help people to remain stuck longer, yeah, and they get a good insight of all the detail of it, about the problem but not about how they're going to solve it. So in essence, problem talk creates problems, solution talk creates solution. So I want to just remind you that solution focus is not this. Come to be with solutions, don't come to me with problems. The whole being solution focus is we're helping the person co-create through the conversation what it is they want to have happen, what it is that we help them solve it through conversation, not through saying, come with me with solutions, don't come with me. So where I focus the conversation, where and where do you focus your conversations? Because the way we're, we're wired, we're very deficit. Um, our brain is wired in a deficit way. So if I give you an example, when I, uh, in March, uh, I was going through a tooth treatment, a tooth implant because I'd lost a tooth. It fell out. The crown fell out and the whole tooth fell out. So I had to get it repaired. But before I got it repaired, I had a big gap in one of my molars is the ones that I let. My tongue spent the whole day searching for that gap, not going, I've got 26 other beautiful teeth. It was more about, oh, that my tongue kept going, oh, there's the hole, there's the hole. So we have this negativity bias that we default to deficit or default to the negative. So knowing that, it actually takes a bit of effort to focus on what is working when rather what isn't. So a way to look at this, and you may like to draw this on a notepad that you have there or take a photo of this, we can focus the conversation on the past or we can focus the conversation on the future. So there's the timeline. We can focus it on the good stuff, which is the content around what's wanted or the good stuff or what's not wanted or the not so good stuff. So with uh, Chris, I focused very much on, to start with, on the past, yeah, of what he wanted, yeah, what's working, what he's pleased with. So I'm starting with what we call the resourceful past. I was starting in this quadrant here. And so if we look at this, this is a quadrant that was put together by a wonderful solution-focused practitioner in Toronto, in Canada. And I think it's a really simple model for how, where we navigate the conversation. And if we're being solution-focused, we really want to steer it to quadrant one and two. And if we're problem-focused, we're probably steering it to three and four. So. This is about helping change happen. If we're talking about a mechanical thing, like my washing machine broke down, I don't want the mechanic coming asking me, so how is it I want the machine to be in the future? I just basically want it fixed. So I want him or her to take a problem-focused approach, you know, to looking at which part needs to be fixed. But when we're talking about people and helping people change, it doesn't quite work trying to find the root cause of the problem. So what we're after is quadrant one is 
what is it they want instead? What's that preferred future look like? Then their resourceful past is what is working already. So all I did with Chris is had the conversation in quadrant two in that exercise. Whereas in quadrant three, I said, what are the challenges you have? I was delving into the problem past. So in solution focus, we wanted to hang in quadrant one and two. So today I'm going to be sharing with you some tools that can be overlaid onto this model. And I'm wanting to do that by giving you a demonstration. Um, again, you might like to take a photo of this and I'm going to show you what a scale looks like. Uh, we already used a scale early in, in the session. Um, what does a future perfect or preferred future and how do you help unpack that in concrete detail? The counters are what's already working now, yeah, and hints of the future perfect already happening. And we're looking at affirming or complementing and the small action. So we're gonna do this through the lens of the health and safety index. And I'd like to know now, has anyone been, come across this? And I know Mark, uh, Mark Wright presented uh, for Myosh uh, a few earlier in the year. Uh, but just put in the chat if you are uh, uh, yes for yes, you're familiar with this health and safety index or N for no, that no, you've never come across it before. So just put a yes for yes, you've come across it, a Y for yes, a no for uh, N for no in the chat. Okay, we've got quite a few no's. Okay. Oh, James, yes. You have come across it. Okay. So if off the top of your head, um, actually, first I'll do this poll. Apologies. First I'll do a poll. Uh, Sarah, if you could do the poll around... Um, Here's my sheet. Um, I'm just having a, an error with the poll. That's something I've never seen before. Um, so it's... Okay. Just, That's all right. We can do it in chat. No problem at all. So what is your role? Are you um, currently a safety leader, uh, a safety professional, a business owner? Uh, just a general leader, or possibly you're in HR. If you can put down what your role is in the chat, please. Thanks, Gianna. Safety leader, safety manager, Christian. Any others in there? HSC, yep. Safety leader, safety professional. Awesome. Great. So you'll have a context of... How are you going? So everyone on the call, can you write down a score out of 10? How do you think your organisation is going in, the, in how you're leading safety in terms of all leaders leading safety well? Out of a score out of 10 being brilliantly, one being oh, we need more work or somewhere in between. You can just write this. You don't need to write it in the chat. Just um, write it uh, on a sheet of paper. 
safety engagement, how engaged are your organisation around safety and taking responsibility? Put down a score out of 10. Safety systems, do you have the right systems and protocols and processes in place? Score out of 10 for that one. And health and well-being, if you could put down your score in how your organisation is managing health and well-being um, as an organisation. Just write it down on a piece of paper, those four scores. Awesome. So I would then like you to think about which area in terms of your organisation is the fourth pole accessible, Sarah? I'm going to have a go and see what error message we get this time. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think we need to contact Zoom. <laughs> They're finally cracking under pressure. Okay, no problem. So uh, if you, each of you could then go, which out of those four areas, safety leadership, safety engagement, safety systems and health and well-being, which one would you like to focus on or help get better at in your organisation? So you just make a, a, a record of that down on your piece of paper. And now I want to know, I'm going to ask the warm-up scale again because I'm going to coach someone uh, around this. So I would like to know how warmed up would you be for me to coach you uh, by asking solution-focused questions on that particular area of the health and safety index? Yeah. So 10 being... Pick me, pick me, pick me. Ah, oh, thanks, Quasi. That's great that you've put them all down. So this is the warm-up scale, whether you are warmed up for me to coach you. Put a 10 in the chat if you're very warmed up, which is pick me. Five is look warm. I'll do it if no one else says it. And one is no chance I'm offering to be the coachee for this. Thank you, Nan. Thanks, Amanda. I'm looking for higher scores if we've got any. If you would like to me to coach you, Gianna. Thank you. You're an eight. Looks like you're the highest. So, Gianna, if I hopefully I'm saying your name correctly, but Sarah is going to bring you on as a panelist so I can actually see you and coach you in this. While we're waiting for Gianna to come on, can you all have this in front of you? So, just draw the quadrant. Uh, just unmute yourself, Gianna, and put your video on if you could, please. And what I want you to do is I want you to put a tick when I ask a question from which quadrant you think I'm asking from. Welcome, Gianna. Um, nice to see you. Is that how I pronounce your name? Awesome. Um, I couldn't. Do you want to just say something that I can hear you? No, I can't hear you. Oh, I heard something that say something now. No. You've unmuted, but we just can't hear you.
Hmm. Can you help here, Sarah? Um, I'm not sure other than sign language what, what we can do. We can maybe ask um, anybody else who wants to. Sorry, Gianna. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, if um, either of uh, maybe Amanda, if um, we could have her on the panel. So who's, um, what's Amanda's name? Her name? Amanda Kirkaldi. Thanks, Gianna. Apologies that that didn't work. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Think Amanda's. So, uh, Amanda, if you could put your video on. Oh, let's see. Oh, where are we going? Close and yay! Yay! Oh. Okay. Hi. Nice to meet you. So, you where do. are you situated, Amanda? I'm in uh, Wellington, New Zealand. Great. So we've got a lot of New Zealanders on the call. This is fabulous. Um, so, Amanda, you've been. Uh, you're currently in lockdown. No, we just went to level two um, at the beginning of this week, so out okay. of lockdown for two days. Okay. And, Amanda, which area of the health and safety index do you think that your organisation needs to put some focus on? Let's uh, say um, for me it would be safety leadership and safety systems. Okay. So for this demonstration, which one of those would you like to focus on? Uh, safety leadership. Okay, great. And did you give it a score? Uh, How well I, are you doing now on that? Uh, I would say we're probably about five or six. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So if you're okay, do you mind if I have asked you some questions around what's currently working around safety leadership, and then we might be able to look at where is it you wanting to take it, if that's possible. Yeah, Sure. So I just need to prime everyone else. Please watch what questions I ask and the detail I go to to get to what Amanda is wanting, what a 10 out of 10 would look like. So notice the questioning that I ask when I'm going through that. So we get, we're going to go for about eight minutes. Amanda, what would your best hopes be from our conversation right now about safety leadership in your organisation? Uh, for me, I, I think would be just some um, points that I can start looking to apply to, to move us forward in a positive direction. And so what difference would that make if you had some points to apply? Uh, I think it would give me a bit of direction to, to make some positive change. Okay, great. Well, let's see if we can get you some direction in, in where to go. What's your role, Amanda? Uh, so I'm the health and safety coordinator. Great. Thank you. So... Um, I'm curious if you had a direction. So you've said you're a five or a six. Sorry, I'm going to pull that question back. You're a five or a six. How come it's that high on the scale? What is already working 
in your context, Amanda, around safety leadership? I think we have a, a good team and I think we do quite well. I mean, I'm in a construction um, sector role. Uh, and I, so I think that there is um, a, a positive attitude, but I just think sometimes it's difficult to get leadership on the same page in terms of um, yeah, direction. And I, a lot of that I think comes down to people being really busy and um, and it's hard then to to have the conversations I'd like to around um, future direction and bring about positive change. Okay, so let's possibly stick with what is already in place and working, and and we'll get to how do we influence them and get that direction. So what else gets you that high on the scale at a five or a six? What else do you see that you've put into place that's working? Uh, I it's good. Good conversations, like it's um, we we you know keep up. Um, for me, it's around being on site, talking to the the workers on site. So I've formed some um, really good, um, I think, rapport with a lot of our team, which is really good, and subcontractors. And uh, I think it's just following through with um, you know what I want to deliver. You know what I say I'm going to deliver. I actually deliver. Right. So it's in that trust and rapport. So I'm, I'm curious, how have you formed that rapport with those workers on site? Uh, I think it's just showing an interest. Um, yeah. A lot like um, Chris um, was saying yeah. earlier. Yeah, I think it's around just showing an interest, taking the time to actually um, show workers that, you know, demonstrate that you do care. And, um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, and, and that you listen to them and you ask for their input. I think that's all really important to building yeah. that trust relationship. Awesome. So where do you want to take it? If it was a safety leadership was happening at a 10 out of 10, what are you aiming for? What, what would that look like? I think it, for me it would be um, probably a little bit more commitment at a higher level. Uh, I think that I've got that those good relationships at a, at a, um, with our teams on the ground, which is really great. But I think it's a little bit harder for me, a bit more of a challenge to get the upper levels of management probably as involved as much as I'd like to. Um, and um, as I said, you know, it's a fairly small company that I work for and it's, um, you know, there's a lot of very busy people, but it's about, you know, just trying to get, get their buy-in. So... If you had their commitment, buy-in, they were involved, what would you notice? For me, it would be about um, having more input would mean um, being able to shape things better rather than just having my input um, to, to get their involvement as well. And it's just that shared vision moving forward. So if you had that shared vision and they had input, what would they be noticing about you? I think they would be um, noticing the value that um, the health and safety role brings to the organisation. Although to some degree, I don't think that they don't value it at the moment. It's just that there would be 
um, more of, I guess, that shared commitment and working together to, to move things forward. So what would you notice if that shared commitment would be there? What would you notice of the leaders? Um, just uh, more support, more interest. Um, and how would you notice the more support on a daily basis? What would you see? Um, probably feedback on things that they've noticed that, that are improving. And I think just availability of their time. Okay. And, and what kind of availability of their time would you be after? Uh, I, I, well, you know, just to keep things like meetings, you know, health and safety meetings and that um, as a priority and moving forward and and um, just a commitment from them to to what what our shared vision is okay and what difference would that make if they were regularly turning up to these meetings and it was a priority for them and they they're showing their commitment and the shared interest what difference would that make for you Oh, I, for me, it would make my job a lot easier um, mm -hmm. because I'm not having to focus so much on getting that buy-in like, like I tend to have to do. Um, but it's also be great for them because they get the whole picture on, on the organisation rather than, you know, just focusing on the areas that they're good at, but they actually get the overall picture and it's that shared vision of safety being at the centre of everything. Okay, so what would your workers notice of your leaders if they were committed and um, very engaged and see this as a priority? How would the workers notice? Well, I think it would make a big difference for the workers as well because, they, again, it's that safety being valued and important and it's demonstrating it at that top level mm. is um, showing respect to them as well. Okay, okay. So if that's a 10, that there's this, you know, more commitment at a higher level, they're involved, they're meeting with you regularly um, and, you know, they're giving you feedback of what's improving and they're noticing the, the changes and they're turning up to these regular meetings with you, that's a 10. And a one is there's no evidence of any of that. Where would you place it now given this conversation? I would still probably pace it around sort of, yeah, maybe the six or seven mark still. Okay. And, and so what's become clearer to you from, from our conversation that it's moved from a five or a six to a six or a seven now? What, what are you remembering or noticing that, oh, yeah, that's right, I've got that in place? Yeah, I think they've... I, I, I guess it's a, that there is a level of... Um, input but probably not to the degree that I'd like it so it's around what I can do to shift that even more and just um, because I see how important it is is just to be able to to move it more towards the 10. Okay so Amanda if we moved it from a six or a seven to a seven or an eight what would be a sign you're making progress on this? Uh, I think it would just be knowing that there's there is more um, commitment um, 
Yeah, and I guess it's commitment of that time again, you know, like to 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 make sure that they're attending meetings and that those meetings go ahead and don't need to be shifted and things like that. Okay, okay. So there's a bit more commitment around the, those meetings. So what's the next small step you might take in the, in the next few days to to kickstart you moving towards the seven or eight? I don't really know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm quite stuck in terms of how to move it even more towards the ten. Would you like a suggestion from me? Sure. Um, you talked a lot about the commitment. I'm wondering who who needs to know what vision you have. Who needs who's an ally that you can bring on board in terms of what you're trying to create. Uh, it's um, there is a couple of roles that I could approach about that. Yes, and I've had some conversations with them, but yeah, it'd be good to just get maybe those people together and identify, you know, um, what are some ways that we could improve that. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, what's been useful from this conversation? Um, I think it's just the fact that it's it's reflecting. It's reflecting on where the situation's at and reflecting on, you know, um, the whole, the, yeah, where I wanted to, to move it to and, and how I might be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't about me giving you the answers or telling you what, what you need to do or delving into why it's a problem. We've That's right. cleared right away from the problem. So thank you so much, Amanda. You get a free coaching session for being my volunteer today. So if we make contact through LinkedIn, that would awesome. be on LinkedIn. So thank you for your time Lovely. for volunteering. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, everyone else. Um, yeah, you, if you could just take your video off, that would be fabulous. Everyone else in the chat, where did you tick? Where was I asking the questions? Which part of the quadrant? Did you see most of my questioning happen? Just write down one, two, three, or four. Where were most of my questions? And they're coming in now. Mainly one and two, yes, Fiona. Two, yep. Started in two, yes, Chris, and moved to one, yep. So I actually didn't go anywhere near three or four. It was very much around quadrant one and two. And I actually started it too, as Chris says, because I wanted to see what was already working around this topic. Yeah. What else did you notice that stood out in this conversation? What would be one word that comes to mind that stood out in relation to this conversation? One word that you noticed that would summarise what kind of conversation this was. Just write it in the chat. One word. Oh, all going shy. Okay. Possibility, yes. Um, Christian, yes, it's possibility focus. Sometimes um, solution focus can be described as being progress focused. 
yeah, that we want to help the person make progress rather than remain stuck. So if I give you a context of where I went, here are some of my questions that I might have asked or that um, helps in terms of understanding what we're doing here. So I probably started in the middle here, which is the what's happening at present. So this intersection of the two lines here would be your what's happening at present. And I asked her what were her best hopes for our conversation. And she said, I, I, I want a direction. Yep. I want to know what can I uh, apply I, that's what's worked previously and what direction can I go? So my focus of the conversation was very much of getting clarity around that direction. So some of the questions you could, you know, uh, I asked, so what is it you want? Yeah, what would that look like? Uh, what would you notice? What difference does that make? Um, you know, it could be what is our goal? What is your goal? Um, what would you like? What, what do you want to be um, in, um, in place in the foreseeable future? Just notice there was a, an error there. But I delve firstly into what is already working and what is already going in the right direction. So I unpacked her scale based on how come it's that high rather than what's missing from the tent. And that counter tool is a bit like chips at the casino. We're getting all the things that are in place already is what we call the counter tool. And then all I got Amanda to do at the end was what's the next small step that she might take? And she was a bit stumped there. So I asked permission, would she like a suggestion for me before um, offering that to her and telling her what she needed to do? But I offered a suggestion. Is there anyone who's an ally around this that you could share your, your vision with? Yeah. So that's what having a solution-focused conversation is. You don't have to be a professional coach like me. You can just use this quadrant to help steer your conversations. And a lot of you probably aware of uh, safety differently um, is very much around this, yep, about how do you have solution-focused conversations? How do you use the knowledge of the people that are on the ground to help you move forward on it? So in summary, what we're talking about here in terms of the difference between problem and solution focus is problem focus very much looks at what's wrong, what needs fixing, who's to blame and, and trying to control it, um, causes of why it happened in the past, um, tends to be expert driven, um, tend to focus on what's the deficit, and the weaknesses and the complications and trying to define what's actually wrong. Whereas solution focus actually takes more of looking at what's wanted, what's working already, progress. Have we, have we been better at this than we have previously? Um, you know, what, what made it work at that time? It's about influencing. It's about the collaboration and the interaction between people rather than finding out who's at fault. It's about finding resources and strengths that are there already. It's actually quite simple 
And it's about helping move things forward by small actions. So I'm not sure if you know that um, your hamstrings are the only muscle in our body that doesn't have a memory. So we should be doing this bending over every single day. And just for experiment purposes, I'd like you all, no one's going to see you, I'd like you to just bend over and see how far close to your toes you can get. And then I'd like you to do this as an experiment each day, every morning, sometime in the day, and see if you're getting better at it. And that's what being solution-focused is. Change is happening all the time. The simple way to change is to notice the useful change and amplify it. Yeah. And so how do we notice in terms of your safety roles, how do we notice when we get it right rather than just focusing on when we get it wrong? That's what it is in essence. It's, a, it's actually quite simple. So I'm curious as we bring this conversation to a close, what is resonating with you? What is it that we've talked about today that is resonating? Just write a comment in the chat. What is resonating with you? Just a brief comment in the chat from what we've covered so far today. Don't be shy. Put it in the chat. What has resonated with you today? Oh. Big silence. I'm wondering if I can bring Amanda. And, oh, they're coming in now. Sorry. Well, let's go to these first. So Fiona has said the last statement about noticing what we are doing right and not just what we are doing wrong. We, we have, That deficit uh, mindset is quite rife. So trying to steer it to what's working um, and what we're doing right is really important. Let me see who else is here. Gianna, have conversations rather than make plans by yourself. Yes, it's a collaborative approach. Let's co-create what we're trying to achieve here. Christian, thank you. Focus on what's currently working as a platform for future possibility. Awesome. Thank you very much. So in essence, problem talk will create problems. So tune in to how are you opening your conversations? So in my coaching conversations, I always ask, tell me what's better since we last spoke. So I'm naturally steering the person to the good stuff. And a totally different energy happens. And a totally different focus of the conversation happens when we our opening question is, tell me some good stuff. What's some, what, what's some, uh, what are you being most pleased about uh, since we last talk, talked in terms of what progress you've made? Let me see who's made a comment in the chat. Ah, Christian, thank you. Um, refrain from offering solutions, but keep asking for the coachee to refine the vision of the solution. Great point. You would have noticed with Amanda if she gave me anything vague, I inquired into how would you notice that? What would they notice about you? So we unpack it, the future, in interactional terms. 
And your key questions you'd be asking would be, what would you be noticing? What would they be noticing? And what difference would that make if you had that? And it really gives a great picture of a motivation why we want to move towards that rather than a vague statement of where we're heading. And thank you, Lisa. You said that, let me just go back to you, tools to use with people who are problem talkers. Yes, great segue to shift problem talkers is, so it sounds like that's not going so well or you don't want that. What is it you want instead to happen? What is it you want instead is a great switch to being solution focused. So in summary, it's, uh, it's actually quite simple, but it's remembering to do it. And I would be strongly suggesting try it out at home uh, because you don't realise how much problem talk happens um, at home with partners. It's working with what's there. It's validating and highlighting already good practice. So you're already motivating people by them seeing what is it they got have in place already. So I want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, if you're curious about finding out more about this approach of how this could work in your organisation, I would love to have a chat. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you uh, connect now, um, I'm offering a free session to Amanda and Chris for being volunteers, but the first person to connect with me, just scan that QR code. You're probably all very used to it with um, being in lockdown, those people in lockdown. Um, I'm offering uh, an extra free session uh, to the first person who connects with me. Um, and then also um, for others who connect with me on LinkedIn, I can send you a set of free coaching cards uh, which have a lot of these questions in them and they look like this and I can send those to you as well. Um, thank you so much. And, and I have a colleague who's a solution-focused practitioner who wants to practice you being having these sessions. So if you did, didn't get the free one with me, um, I can give you his contact details and he's open to doing very cheap coaching for people so he can get his coaching hours up. He normally charges $300 a session, but he will offer that as, um, as whatever you would like to pay. So if it's $5, it's $5. He's happy to do it. But thank you so much for coming back if it's your second time or being curious to find out uh, about this um, thing called solution focus and, and finding what's working and doing more of it. Thanks, folks. Lovely to be with you today. Thank you, Annette. Um, that was fantastic. I have uh, included um, in the chat a, a link to your website and also a link for the webinar next week, which is on Thank you. learning about normal work, drawing on the latest research and innovative practices, and that'll be by Mark McLaren from Art of Work, who also did the webinar last week. So thank you, Annette. That was yeah, really great. So um, I'll send out an email later today with the podcast. Um, and a video recording and any links that you've put here too as well. So keep an eye on your spam as well, because sometimes emails go that, that way. All right, thank you everyone. Have a great day and um, 
we'll see you next week, hopefully. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, bye.